Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. How does it feel to be the, the face of the problem? <laughs> oh my god, my name was in an article. It's me, it's not racism, it's just me. Does he have a point about smug liberals? Is there a smug You told her not problem? to go to Wisconsin. I don't think there is. Like, I do the show for me and for people like me, and I don't really care how the rest of the world sees it, quite frankly. Mr. Trump, your presidency, I love your presidency. I call it disgrace the nation. You talk like a sign language gorilla who got hit in the head. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. What have I done? You are fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show, terrific show, tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is, of course, Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Uh, are you doing okay? You going to yeah, make it through? Yeah, I'm okay. I, d- I did shed some tears this morning okay. i couldn't believe it like shed wow my eyes see hard i know yeah well there is a, a lot to talk about um it will be just the two of us like the good old days uh and i want to say we're just going to sit here and imagine the coulda bins of our fu- of our future french vacation that will never be <laughs> we're not going to do it it's canceled we're going to have to stay home uh, no kidding, i'm going course. in september oh you are going yeah, oh, okay yeah. you assume france will be there in september that's pretty yeah, optimistic so. yeah, yeah i feel good about it I know everyone's going to, oh, they're so pessimistic and they're speaking so ridiculously. Just kidding. Calm down. But I do want to talk about it. You've got a lot more intel on the French election than I do. So we'll talk about, obviously, the results. Not good for Team Pepe, but that wasn't necessarily a surprise. Uh, There's some uh, additional items leading up to the election that were pretty interesting. Talk about those. And what's going on with the Obamacare repeal? We'll figure that out. Uh, We got the repeal and the replace, and I think there's a lot of hyperbolic talk borderline delusion we will check in with our delusion correspondent keith olberman who had quite the reaction to the house passing the obamacare repeal and replace this week so we'll get that the the saga of daddy of five continues uh the kids cody and emma are now in the emergency custody of their biological mother and the daddy of five parents were on good morning america this week that was a pretty interesting interview we'll check that out uh, remember last week, remember all the bill, we spent half the show on Bill Nye. Well, guess what? There's more. Uh, it was circulating this week that Netflix deleted that old segment we showed of that young woman saying that chromosomes determine your gender. Netflix denies it. And I hate to be a buzzkill, but I think there is reason to oh, believe their denial. I was you so can, excited. You can push back on me. I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the claim. We'll examine the evidence that we can, that I've been able to assemble so far. Um, what else we got? Oh, charges dropped in the Rockville rape case. So, you know. I'm that was surprising. I'd, glad I didn't use definitive language talking about that. It's it's an important update in, in that case. 
Uh, oh, and plus you heard it in the intro. The struggles for these late night comics, man. Sam B is, she's not smug at all. And she doesn't care what the peasantry <laughs> thinks. We know that. And, oh, people um, are saying the intro didn't play. People in the live chat. What do you mean it didn't play? I don't know. They were like, no intro. Like 10 different people said that. No intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, I'll have to check it out. Maybe there was uh, maybe there was some kind of technical error. I heard it. I heard it too. <laughs> I was rocking oh. out over here. Okay. Well, <laughs> it was maybe really good, guys. I promise. Maybe something went wrong. Uh, in any case, uh, plus Colbert's getting ripped for a dick joke and potentially investigated or is being investigated by the FCC. So we'll, we'll figure uh, that out. Plus I have some surprise cringe for you. All uh, right. So, and I think an email emailer sent it to me and I think it's, uh, it's up there with some of the surprise cringes of the past. It will be all this and more on your favorite hour listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for helping us upgrade stuff, keeping us afloat on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Got a couple uh, interesting photos from listeners this week. Uh, getting their Patreon mug. Speaking of Patreon, this is from the Jewish Nazi. Congratulations <laughs> to him. That's a very beautiful mug. And um, our guy, Steven Suarez, sent me this picture of his custom, I guess, wine glass. He call, I think he's drinking brandy. I don't know. Uh, but it's That's a very so cool, cool. Yeah, it's much classier than our mug. Did you see that Ass for Matt cut all of his hair off? No, I didn't. Yeah, he t- he posted a, a little tweet on Twitter. Jeez. Gone. Totally gone. He had these Fabio hair. He cut it all off. It looks pretty good. Well, that, yeah, well. All right. Good for him. I mean, I admire his luxurious hair for sure. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so if you are interested in the, uh, I, I can't, I can't recreate this cool wine mug, but if you are interested in uh, <laughs> a less cool mug, check out, um, or less, uh, I can't recreate that wine glass. I should say that classy wine glass, but if you're interested in a less classy mug, check out our Patreon uh, linked in the description for you. Okay. If you like to so- drink wine out of a mug. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I mean, a lot of people drink whiskey out of a mug, That's so, true. but I hate whiskey. Uh, please mm. don't crucify me for that. But whiskey is not my alcohol of choice. Anyway, uh, tell me about <laughs> your sorrow. Tell me about the French election. I want to hear what's <clears throat> going on. And then the only good thing to come out of it, I'll share, or at least what I enjoyed this week from the debates and some of the other stuff. Well, I haven't been, I wasn't super optimistic last week because their polling, um, seemed to be less erratic than ours. And everybody was making all these comparisons and sticks, hex and hammer talks about this in a video today. I always say that I, I, it was vastly reassuring, but, um, everybody wanted to compare this to the Trump election, but they had more consistent polling. They weren't showing as wide of a range, uh, as we were, it just wasn't the same kind of situation. And so there was more reason to trust pre-election, uh, polls that he was way ahead that Macron was way ahead. And of course he won 66 to 34. I just looked a few minutes, a few minutes ago, so I'm really bummed out. But um, as Sticks pointed out, you know, the, the EU's done for irrespective of France's decision in this election. They are on five-year terms. So can you imagine what's going to happen in the next five years? I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bloodbath. Merkel and Macron, this is gonna be terrible. Um, but you know, Brexit makes me feel a little bit better. There's there's not much they can do to save the EU. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking over some of your notes here. So I mean, this wasn't close, but that's not a surprise. 6634. Let's see. Oh, so some of your notes here too. So obviously a wide margin. Le Pen's score was um, a historic high for Le Pen's party, right? 
the French far right, which is, you know, that that makes me feel a lot better. We have a bit of a gear wielder situation going on here where it's just more support generally. And so in five years, you know, when jihadism has uh, come to new highs, I'm sure people will be reevaluating. So she was projected to have taken nearly 11 million votes. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, she did. She did very well, all things considered. And then um, so and turnout was way down. I see you wrote in here, too. Right. So um, tell me about that. And then you say 12 million abstaining. So these are people who just didn't vote or what do you mean? They, right. they voted, but they chose to abstain from the presidential they, they chose, election. They or? chose to abstain from voting. Um, I'd imagine that this is, be, be, you know, this is like a Trump phenomenon where people felt like they were stuck between um, two extremes that they didn't really identify with. Uh Macron, they say that he's an outsider, but really he, he was a banker. He was an investment banker. Um, he's an inside candidate. He's he's a real crony. And so this isn't like it's from an outside party. And so I'm sure people felt like they were going against the establishment in some way, but Le Pen was too extreme. And so they just abstained. Hmm. Okay. Well, can I share what was my favorite moment from the French campaign? Of course. Because, oh, this was very excellent. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, we spoke, what did we talk about this two weeks ago, three weeks ago? And you had mentioned that Macron has this sort of, I think what I called an unconventional relationship with his wife. Do you want to explain that one more time? Uh, you mean gross. Yeah. He, yeah, I'm uh, just quoting myself. Yeah. teacher who is 24 years older than he is. Um, let's see, he's 39. She's what, 64? Does that, does that add up? Yeah. And so she was a teacher in, um, in high school as French and drama teacher, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. So, so you thought it was really weird. I, I was a little bit more hesitant. I'm not denying that it's weird, but I, I didn't want to completely just throw him under the bus for, you know, a, a relationship that is a little unconventional to repeat the word. But so the debate, the last debate was on Wednesday night and uh, obviously Macron and Le Pen. Le Pen just goes straight for the jugular on that front. And the translation is a little bit weird. We have some on the spot English translators. <laughs> it's not but, great. <laughs> but that's just what makes this kind of funnier. So this is um, Marine Le Pen. Uh, this is Marine Le Pen on Wednesday night talking to Emmanuel Macron. It's interesting because you're in great So this is a sovereign fund that I would entrust to business leaders already exists. The public investment bank it's already exists. It's not a exists. bank that I want. It's a sovereign fund. Don't play with me. I see that you're trying to play with me, the teacher and the pupil, but uh, it's not my thing. Smoke weed every day. I mean, zero fucks given by by Marine Le Pen, I guess. I, I don't know what oh, the actual boy. translation is. I know that's sort of paraphrased, but this isn't a, a, a teacher-pupil relationship. I'm not into that or whatever. I, I'm not exactly sure what exactly they were talking about and what she said, but it was it was a dig at his weird teacher wife. Right, right. Well, he's just a another globalist, and he looks a bit like Trudeau, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah maybe, I guess. They're probably <laughs> similar age, right? Trudeau's or is Trudeau older? Because I know Macron. Macron, this is like the youngest French leader elected in a long like. I I, I think I read since Napoleon, or the yeah I yeah, the the youngest French leader since Napoleon. Okay, uh, 
Do you know anything about the hacks? There was this big hack thing. Yeah, so it was supposed to be this big scandal. Apparently, you know, as far as I could find, although I didn't dig into it, like, huge, th- there was just not very much found. This wasn't WikiLeaks, um, but they've been verified. So I'm sure in the coming days we're going to find some stuff, but it doesn't look like he's going to be embroiled in any scandals, like, yeah. thus far, so, I mean. So Can is- you imagine if that much of your of your email had been gone through by so many people? I mean, I'm sure people are going to find something. It was nine gigs of data. I'm not sure how many individual emails, but that's a lot of data. And they dumped this like two days before the, the, the hacks election. just came too late. Yeah. And then they had a media blockout for 24 hours, which is customary and, and just, yeah. You know, and none of and, this and the people. candidates can't speak. I read that as well. Like they, they can't speak for two days prior to the election. Um, Macron's party confirms that the hacks are legit. That, so it's not, it's not a Donna Brazil thing of these were stolen and fake. And they, they're, they're legit, I guess. Right, right. Um, but they, anyone, the media, like you said, is not touching these. And I guess, I'm not sure what the legal system is in France, but I read that anyone who published these or potentially even discussed them, I'm not sure what exactly the rules are, but what I read is if you publish them, you could face criminal prosecution in France. Right, right. Mm. Um, I'd imagine, I'm, I'm skeptical and I'm not going to say that he's not going to be strife with um, or embroiled in some kind of scandal almost immediately. I'd imagine that most politicians that had that much of their data stolen would be and people just haven't had enough time to go through it. So, hmm. Well, you know who is happy, uh, who's happy for you or in place of you <laughs> is, uh, is Hillary Clinton. Victory for Macron, for France, the EU and the world. Defeat to those interfering with democracy. But the media says I can't talk about that. Uh, yeah, the media talks about it all the time. It's been 24-7 Russia hacked the election talk since November 8th. Uh, I don't know what she's talking about. Um, your thoughts? Your thoughts on Hillary Clinton returning to the spotlight? Oh, God. she just die? Jeez. <laughs> she's so old. She like just won't stop. Victor Macron for France, for the EU, for the world. I mean, this is nothing. This is nothing new. I, I wish that she wouldn't use Twitter as a platform. It's like just stop politicizing everything. Stop being in politics. You're too old. Yeah, I wish. Um, I wish. I and could that hear was her talk that was about... obviously a nod to the to the leaks. If that's what you were asking me, that last part. Oh was... yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm just fascinated by you know victory for Macron for France, the EU, and the world. It's just kind of philosophically interesting to think about like why should victory for the world be uh, a goal of the french election necessarily right. Right. not saying it can't be but um it's just interesting to think about I, I if i'm a french voter should victory for the world be on my list of priorities um if hillary, you have a globalist agenda yeah <laughs> hillary clinton seems to think so <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't looked a lot into the French election stuff. So if you've got more to cover, we can give it some more time. Um, I mean, I I don't really know what to say. I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised. Um, I hope that France can sustain five more years, but, um, it might be the first European country to collapse. I mean, they're nearly at 12%, uh, Muslim population, I believe. Hmm. Although I was looking at it before the show and it's actually pretty hard to get real statistics on that. <clears throat> interesting all right well well we've got a break in between topics let's talk about super chat really quick sure. we're gonna change up our format and do this in between topics you guys so that we don't have to dump it all at the end of the show that seems yeah yeah we and we appreciate our super chatters so much and the, the i mean like everything with youtube they just kind of hey here's a new rule or a new feature or a thing and they never 
really tell you about it until it's active. Right. Um, and so Super Chat has been kind of thrown upon us and we I like the feature a lot, but we haven't really known what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we yeah, just kind of did it so, at the end of the show. Um, I think we've between got, topics is a good spot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what we did on, oh, we got Liberative. He said no misogyny angle from Le Pen's loss. And then we've got Kevin uh, Gaskin, $5. I really do not want to see uh, Frankanistan. I want to see France. I'm a little depressed mm. at the moment. Frankanistan. <laughs> I, yeah, you might have to hang on to that term. Uh, interesting, oh. interesting thought from him, though. Yeah, I mean, you never hear the sexism, misogyny angle when it is a uh, conservative slash right wing woman. Right, know? right. Nobody's Just something to that. think about. I, I don't know how the French media covers it, obviously. So, I guess I shouldn't say that for sure. But you know, if you if you see French media that is calling out the sexism of voting for Macron, then I I would like to see it. Uh. Okay, like a lot of serious topics. Um, the Obamacare repeal and replace is a big deal, I think. Um, it's it. What I'm wary of is speaking too much about like policy and it just gets super boring. But what's frustrating to me is I think we're hearing a lot of people, as we'll see with Keith Olbermann in a minute, speaking very in, speaking in very hyperbolic terms, very exaggerated terms. We're just going to take away healthcare from everyone. Everyone's going to be dying in the street and stuff. I think it's helpful just to know what is in the bill that passed the house. And again, this is a bill. Okay. People are freaking out. Like this is the law already. It's not even the law yet. Not quite. It's got to go to the Senate. It's got to get reconciled with the house. They're going to have to hammer it out. It's going to have to go to the president. I mean, it it, it could happen. Of course, I'm not going to say it's unlikely even, but people are already enraged for something that is not a final product yet. So uh, just to summarize some key points of this bill. I'm trying to keep it brief and as not boring as possible, but some things to note about it. So what does this bill do? What does this change about Obamacare? Because really we're talking about modification. It's not even really a repeal and replace. It's just, we're going to modify some things that Republican Congress seems to think aren't functioning well about Obamacare. So one of the things they're going to do is they're going to increase premium subsidies for younger adults, reduce and reduce premium subsidies for older adults. And then those subsidies are going to be able to be used to buy individual plans outside the Obamacare exchanges. That's point one. Um, Point two, under Obamacare, uh, insurance companies could only charge older adults premiums that are three times higher than, than the premiums for younger adults. That's now up to five times. So older people may have to pay up. Again, this is going to depend on the, the insurer and the state. All of these things are kind of in flux. Uh, third point, impose a premium pe- uh, penalty for those who do not maintain continuous coverage. That's kind of a key point here too, is continuous coverage, uh, continuous coverage is, is a key component of, of what is going to happen to people under this bill. They keep trying to say, oh, you're just going to be thrown off. Not necessarily. I'll speak to that in a minute. Um, if you maintain your coverage, you really not a lot changes for you. Um, they converted Medicaid into a block grant system. Uh, so now s- states are going to get a lump sum, and then they'll manage that themselves and decide how to allocate it to their Medicaid recipients. Medicaid covering, uh, Medicaid being the insurance program for lower-income Americans, uh, a state-federal partnership. Uh, this is the big deal because people keep saying, oh, if you have a pre-existing condition, you're screwed. Like They're just going to boot you off. You're going to go die uh, and the sidewalk and the gutter, whatever else. So what they've done, because really the core of the problem with Obamacare, right, is they've is Obamacare has mandated that insurance 
insurers cover people with pre-existing conditions. So you bring on a lot of high risk, high cost people. And the theory is by forcing younger, healthier people to pay into the system and cover these high cost people, we should be able to mitigate the cost to everybody. But that hasn't really happened. So what's happened is you've seen premium increases for basically everybody, because now that we're covering high cost people, everybody kind of shares that cost. It's not working out the way that that people hoped it would, or that uh, the Obama administration hoped it would. <laughs> the way they're going to fix that or try to fix that is they're going to offer waivers to states. So if you're a state where the, where covering people with pre-existing conditions has been a huge problem, waivers to states, these states can apply for them from the federal government, and that would allow insurers in those states to offer uh, customers, consumers in those states with pre-existing conditions, plans with higher premiums if they let their coverage lapse. So if you're buying a new policy and your state, you got that squinty. I know there's like a million things to think about, but um, it, so if your state, if your state gets the waiver, that's step one, you have to get the waiver. Okay. Then if you're a person in that state who has a pre-existing condition, who is covered, you're fine. Like you, they, they can't drop you for that. You just carry it on. Okay. If you're, if you're buying a new policy and your state has has uh, obtained one of these waivers, then you could pay more. Then you could pay more. Point okay. is, the point is like that's several degrees removed from like if you have a pre-existing condition, you're kicked off your insurance and you're going to die. That's the point. Um, and and if you are one of these uh, people with pre-existing conditions, someone who's high risk and you need to buy a new policy in a state that has obtained one of these waivers. The law also requires that these states offer a high risk, uh, or a high risk insurance pool for you uh, to purchase insurance, and those are subsidized. Uh, so the new bill earmarks 130 billion dollars for this purpose. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> Have I bored you to tears yet? Th those I mean, are the. F Go for it. As it applies to me, everybody always thinks about how these things apply to them personally. And so I'm, I'm uninsured. And so like, I, I care to some degree, but, um, but it's just so convoluted. It's like, God, is this really necessary? Yes. But this is what, you know, they have to do to change it incrementally, yeah. I suppose. And, and there was a it's great not a piece. total overhaul. It doesn't sound like. No. And there was a great piece in town hall. I will link it in the description that talks about what's going to happen to people with pre-existing conditions. And there are several layers of protection. This is the last of the boring bit, I swear. But I just want to hammer this home because I, I really think that a lot of the coverage, a lot of the talking points we see on TV or on radio or wherever else, all over the internet are just not correct. So if insurance companies are still required to sell to everyone, including people with pre-existing conditions, that stays. Um, if, uh, and and if you're in if you're a person with a pre-existing condition in one of these states that doesn't have a waiver, so if a state if your state does nothing, nothing changes. Um, anyone who is insured, if you're currently insured, and you remain continuously insured, you can't be dropped from a plan for a pre-existing condition. So you're not getting kicked off. Um, if you're covered and you want to change jobs, you want to switch jobs, uh, switch plans. Um, the insurers must sell you the plan of your choice at the same price as everyone else. That is true right. in waiver and non-waiver waiver states. And um, and as I said, if you are seeking to buy a new policy in a state um, that has a waiver, then you are then you get a subsidized or there's funding available for that. Anyway, 
Bottom line, it's more flexibility for states uh, where covering those with pre-existing conditions have created a lot of problems um, and still several protections for people with pre-existing conditions. And I guess the fundamental question I would ask about this too is, it's not taking healthcare away. That's a, that's a wildly simplistic um, way to look at it. What it's doing is it's giving, if anything, it's giving states more control for how to handle these things. And it's always like, it's so interesting to me that for people who view the federal government as some kind of demigod, that giving states more control of things is the same as taking it away. I don't, I don't know that that's so much of a problem. If if the Montana state legislature and the governor here decide what's best for healthcare here in Montana, maybe that's better than people in DC. Why, why is that necessarily a problem? Well, it's not problematic. I mean, if states could control, uh, control their state, most of these problems would be solved. We could probably eliminate the budget deficit that way. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, the, oh, this sounds very expensive. Although I probably didn't absorb everything that you said. Well, uh, that's yeah. disconcerting. I'm not going back. I'm not going back because I just bored all of our audience <laughs> away. Um, but I, I have good news for you. If you were bored and you don't care, which is probably a sizable, <laughs> a sizable percentage of the audience. Um, if you want the other side of it, if you want the um, if you want the reactionary left side of it, uh, we do have I got some more Keith Olbermann. He's back and he uh. is back to explain to us how barbaric this bill is you want to hear keith's explanation always okay let's see what keith has to say and now <laughs> with a message from the intern desk of the propaganda ministry here's keith olberman scum russian scum I've been thinking a lot lately of George F. Bear and the other demons of the 1902-03 coal strike. So he's talking about George F. Bear. George F. Bear was the president of the Philadelphia and Reading Railroad. Uh, and there was a big coal miner strike in 1902, and he was known for being very hostile to the striking coal miners. That is the, the context that Keith is setting here, that these are just inhumane. Uh, inhumane guys mistreating the working class like George F. Bear. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> I hope there is a hell solely for people like them. They exist in all generations. Their view of man's duty to other men, twisted and perverted and unimaginable by nearly all the rest of us, they exist today. They are the people like Donald Trump and Paul Ryan and the others involved in the repeal of the often ineffective, long from finished first step towards establishing the absolute and the inalienable right of every man and woman and child in this country to have their health minimally protected through the intervention of the government. That first step they have derisively called Obamacare. Trump and his ilk look at the transplant recipients who gained new life under Obamacare and will now have no means of paying for the drugs to keep themselves alive and they shrug and congratulate themselves on tax cuts for themselves. Trump and his ilk look at the special needs kids who will have no insurance and see only, quote, liberal tears. Trump and his ilk will look at the as yet uncountable number of poor people who will die because of the greed of the rich, and they will celebrate what they actually believe is a victory. These men don't suffer. Why, hell, half of them don't even vote Republican. George so that was a, that's a reference to George... Uh... Uh, Bear's original quote. He was talking about the coal miners. He said, "These men don't suffer. Hell, half of them, half of them don't even speak English." Was the original quote, and so he's modifying that because. Yeah. Anyway, 
Continue, Keith. George F. Baer died 103 years and one month ago, and I hope he is still suffering somewhere. All that he knew, the railroad industry and the coal industry that used to dominate this nation, it's all gone. Without the government, there would be no train service at all in this country, and coal mining is an afterthought no matter Trump's false promises. And child labor is, in retrospect, impossible to believe. But man's inhumanity to man what? lives on in Donald Trump. And Paul Ryan, be heartbroken, be terrified, be angry, but mostly be calmly vengeful to Trump and Ryan and every so-called man and woman who voted for this medieval act, this barbarism. We know your names. We will destroy your careers. We will make you suffer. And like George F. Bear, and the mine owners, if any of the religions of the world are correct, future generations will comfort themselves and move forward into the light, driven in part by the comfort of knowing that you, Paul Ryan, and you, Donald Trump, are burning in hell. Resist. Peace. <laughs> if I could ask oh him one God. question, like, did we live in barbarism and... What, what what existed before Obamacare to him? Was it barbarism? Was it like a hellish world of torture? I don't get it. He didn't even make a case for why healthcare is a is a basic human right. Well, I'm glad you hit on that because he just presents it as um. Well, duh. Of course yeah. it is. Well, why is it? It's yeah, not. It's and, definitely not. You, you, I understand the emotional appeal to that position, but at the same time, it is very dangerous territory to walk on because you're talking about whenever we think about rights it's important to distinguish between negative rights and positive rights generally in the u.s all the rights we have are are for the government saying hey we're not going to interfere right you can pursue life liberty and property and we're not going to interfere without due process that's right. generally the framework that we work with and there's a whole list of other things the government won't interfere with how you get to and those are our inalienable rights that's why the government doesn't interfere with us on those because at least the framers believe those are God-given rights that the government has no business intervening upon. How you get from there to, you know, the government must pay for this product or service for me. Right. Ooh, I don't know. That's a little, that's, that's dangerous territory. I've heard uh, Shapiro say it before. Does the first amendment mean that the government must buy you a studio to broadcast? <laughs> Does the second amendment mean the government must buy you a gun? Right. No, it just means they're not going to interfere with you doing that. So That's, I definitely agree. And then you, another thing he said too was, uh, you know, without the government, there would, there would never have been any railroad. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to deny the government role that existed in constructing the railroad at the time. But the question is, would it, would it really never have happened? Is your implication this guy that has no faith in private companies at all? Yeah. Or human ingenuity. It sounds like, I mean, if you need the government to do everything for you, this wouldn't exist without the government. Does, did he think we would never, ever have been able to, you know, find the labor force or the engineers to do it ourselves? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not denying that government can be a force for creating good things. Uh, sure. But the only force, the like the only possible way, that's I don't asinine. know if that's what he means or if I'm mischaracterizing <laughs> him, but I think that's a little troublesome. Um, and again, it's not even the law yet. So stop, just stop. Like, relax. <laughs> it's seriously calm down. Uh, and I also love that he, you know, threatens to ruin their careers. Um, I wish he would have just said something like, you know, we will ruin you until you're sitting in front of a red and blue 
uh, backdrop and you're making terrible YouTube videos will ruin you like my career. I know. Ruined, basically. And what was that bit uh, about child labor he threw in there? He said his implication, as I understand it, was because of government intervention, child labor is now an afterthought in our country. Like we wouldn't have child labor would still be a thing or not for government intervention. I, I assume he means and I don't know this to be the case, but I, I'm guessing maybe there was a lot of child labor in the coal mining at the time. Uh, maybe that's why he makes that reference. Mm, that was emotionally manipulative. Yeah. Oh, well, Keith. Yeah. Is he and, still working for GQ? Yeah, it's still the same series. Uh, oh, boy. You know, I, I, I'm all for debate on what the government's role in healthcare is and, and how we solve this problem, because it is a problem. I just, this idea that like, only the government can do it and the government is your babysitter. Right. And uh, you're screwed without your babysitter. Man, uh, I don't know if I want to live in that world, to be honest. But Me neither. Uh, I don't know. Maybe someday Keith will come on the show. Until then. One day. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about Daddy of Five for the third week in a row? <laughs> have we talked? No, we haven't talked about it three I weeks think we have. Yeah, no. this is the third week. In, I think we have. Well, this is there's important updates here. Do we have any super chats to update on? Oh, yeah, totally. Um... Okay, we've got Lucas Devlin, who once again gave us $14.88 <laughs> and said the suicide of France is a good thing. It will serve as an example to the rest of the world as to what happens when you let poison that is Islam into your countries in mass. Jeez. Woof. We, Send we your got hate mail to Lucas. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's not us. Then we have Constantine the Mediocre gave us $2. Will Macron leave his wife for Merkel? That is a <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Then we have our good friend Yoda Economics, $10. The U.S. government spends more money on health care, more than defense or any other budget item. Government health care still doesn't work. Can the Dems get a clue? Good insight, as always, from Yoda yeah. Economics. Yeah. And, 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 oh, sorry. Did you have more? Yeah, but go, go ahead. We can oh, I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought already anyway. But <laughs> Let's just keep going. We'll keep going. All right. We got Derek Foreman, $2. He said, children will die. This is, we have the happiest show <laughs> on the web. Oh, my God. Uh, well, the, um, and the obvious answer that people have been saying, too, is like, funny that now the left cares about dead children since you're all doing Planned Parenthood rallies I know. all the time. And again, I'm not even a fir- I don't know where I land on the abortion debate. I, I question it all the time. I've been pro-choice for most of my life, but I'm having a harder time justifying it. Yeah, but I do, I do find it. I do find it to be kind of hilarious that dead children are now like the hill they're going to die on that they're going to prop up to support Obamacare, but right. th- just not, but really, really young dead children are fun. <laughs> really, really young ones. And we need to fund that federally. Oh yeah. Fun- oh yeah. Don't you know? Yeah. And then we got a $50 donation from liberative. Thank you so much. That's a huge donation. 50 bucks. Uh, holy cow. Yeah, if it's as bad as I don't KO need says, that government health care anymore. I can get some kind of premium plan. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> why don't they organize a mass emigration to somewhere with nationalized health care? Sure, EU would be welcome, would welcome the offset for the Muslim crisis, but no, uh, be victims and then try to take it out on your fellow countrymen. Hmm. Asshat. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no chill in the chat tonight. I guess that I shouldn't know. surprise me. I think everybody's fine. Appreciate our super chatters. We do. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. And thank it. you for your insight on France and uh, and the Obamacare stuff. I, I will. The, the thing I was going to talk about with um, regard to Yoda Economics uh, contribution there is just this kind of elitist 
attitude that they still take about Obamacare. And they never really acknowledge the fact that there are plenty of people of modest means for whom Obamacare has not worked at all. I was right. reading this week that the last insurer is is planning to pull out of the Obamacare exchange in Iowa. I'm not exactly sure what the details are in there, so don't quote me. But the reality is that the, the structure that they've set up has made it extremely hard for insurance companies to be profitable under the constraints they've created. And so you want to create competition to lower the cost. But when you've created such the constraints that are so constraining that they can't even turn a profit, then they all just pull out. And who, I mean, the insurance companies are screwed. Yes, but who's really screwed? The person trying to buy an affordable plan in Iowa. Right. So it just, it bugs me that they're the ones saying, oh, you're trying to screw the poor people and the little guy. Well, why do you think the little guy voted for Trump? I mean, this was a real, this was a real problem for people that, that healthcare costs, despite this attempted fix have not right, right. yield. So don't tell me that you have a monopoly on the on the pain of the little guy because they didn't vote for you, dude. They voted for this. So, you know, we'll, we will destroy your career at the ballot box or whatever. I, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Anyway, daddy of five. Uh, so everyone's familiar with this, right? Daddy of five, the YouTuber, he and his family, uh, created ethically questionable YouTube videos, pushing the kids around, tricking the kids, bad parenting generally. Uh, Philip DeFranco exposes this. Um, Everyone kind of piles on on YouTube. The big update now is that the kids have since been placed, two of the kids, Cody and Emma, who are, have a different biological mom than the mom on the daddy of five channel have now been placed in emergency custody with their biological mom, who is working with a lawyer and has has got this done. She lives somewhere in the South, I believe, and the daddy of five family lives in Maryland. So I guess these kids are going to be relocating. Anyway, Okay, and so why did she lose custody initially? That is a good question. The biological mom, you mean? Because I know there's been an ongoing battle. Do you know more about that? Because I don't. No, I just know what you told me about it um, last time we talked about this, which is that she had some kind of mental health issue. Is that is that I, true? I didn't. I don't think I said that. You might be. Oh well, don't don't. Never mind. Never mind. All, <laughs> all I can say is that. I know there's an ongoing battle between the biological mom of Cody and Emma and the dad who is the dad of Daddy of Five, the channel. And I don't know the nature of the dispute, but for whatever reason, these children were placed in the custody of the dad. So it's fair to think there's something going on with this mom. I don't, I don't know that this is speculating. So it's probably oh, the live chat saying that she's bipolar. I must've heard that from somebody, but I okay. haven't confirmed from any outside sources. So there was a reason that she lost custody of the children to begin with. But as my boyfriend would say, both these families are a bunch of whiskey tangos. They're a bunch of white trash. <laughs> and, uh, they're, you know, they're just, just, just being well, thrown out for our amusement because they have a totally jacked up white trash family. The, uh, I mean, what happened first this week was the, the two parents of the channel appeared on Good Morning America and what is a pretty interesting interview. Subsequently, on Friday, the biological mom gets the custody. So I just want to play the the two clips. Um, hold on. Actually, I think I'm that I forget to put them in here. Hold on. Play me some elevator music while I grab my clips. Oh, apparently I I heard that on the Worskis. Ah, People in the live chat are telling me where I originally heard that. Ah. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm terrible. I forgot to actually load these into the system. So we'll just have to talk about it. Um, Okay. Or or I could play. um, There's a couple things I wanted to show, though. Hi. Pieces of. I'll show. I, I can do this on the fly. 
Um, I'll show a couple clips of it because one thing that was interesting about the mom getting custody was she gave a shout out to um, friend of ours, friend of the show, uh, based, mom. based mama, which yeah. was yeah, definitely pretty cool. So here is um, here's the mom just speaking briefly about getting custody of the kids. Hi, my name's Tim Conlin. I'm a lawyer, uh, and I operate my law firm's called the Custody Place. I'm with Rose Hall, who is the mother of Emma and Cody Martin, who are the victims in the Daddy 05 YouTube case. Um, she's sitting Hi, to my, my right, and we have an update. And Rose, just interrupt me anytime you want, okay? Um, I think the update is... Emma and Cody are with me. I have emergency custody. Um, they're doing good. Um, they're getting back to their playful selves. Okay, and um, then somewhere later in I here, she lists off um, a bunch of YouTubers to thank. They even slept because she was. Um, it's probably not the best for just me to, whatever, scrub through this. Who I else swear is on I, there? Do you remember? I, I edited this and made it all nice and clean, but now I'm paying the price for not double checking that I had it in this system. The I did see a show. lot of YouTubers. I'm um, sure she thanked Philly D. She did. She did thank thank Philip, Philip DeFranco. And I was hoping to get Base Mama that shout out in there because that is just very interesting. But you can check the links later. Take my word for it. Proven to be true. Verified, not fake news. But there were a couple um, there were a couple points in the Good Morning America interview that they did this week too that I thought were were pretty interesting. So this is the this is the now two with that Maryland couple parents appearing on Good Morning well, America. He's not gonna knock the and then it's very tearful. Where's the mom here? Like she starts out very tearfully. We made poor parenting choices by portraying ourselves this way, but we are not bad people. The Martins are now trying to explain themselves. I am ashamed. This just, it started out as family fun. It started with me and my kids. We were just, for them, it was just about making a video. They would get excited when they would get a lot of views and you know it was more for shock value. The characters that you see on our YouTube channel is not a reflection of who we are. It's not. It's a character. It was a show. A bad show, but it was a show. Is that a show that children should not be involved in? He asked him about the... not real, are you? Yeah, so he asked her about it being fake here. That emotion we see was not real, are you? Um, not every single time. Some of it was acted. Some of it was. And then the dad has some testimony at the end too it that hurt my. I think is, the Martin's is dramatic video celebrity would make it. I'm not no lawyer. You got you got yeah, dads you go. out there Ugh. that are lawyers, and I'm not no lawyer. You got dads out there that are doctors. I can't do that. I felt like I'm not being the dad that they deserve. I'm, I'm, I'm no hero to them. But then starting YouTube and seeing how happy these kids get when they get these views. I'm a dad and it hurt my gut to hear you say what you just said. Do you really think your kids, you weren't a hero to your kids before this? I didn't feel like it. I, I, I swear to God, I didn't feel like it. Okay. So a few things to think about here. She, she will only go as far as to admit that some of it is fake. And if you're only willing to do that, to me, that implies that 
very little of it was fake. You know what right. I mean? Like if 95% of it was scripted, you'd be like, no, it's pretty much all fake. It's pretty much all scripted. I I just don't buy the fake, the fake angle at all. And I don't think no. most people do. No, this is so upsetting. I mean, but I don't know enough about it to even know if the kids ended up in a better situation. So I can't opine on that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, one thing I've tried to be really careful about in this whole thing is appearing to make recommendations. You know, we don't know what's going on with the family. We don't know what's going on. I just, the professionals are going to be better judges of that than, than you or I, but I do think it's fair to look at some of their reasoning and what they've presented. And oh God, they have so many kids too, right? Well, five. Yeah, <laughs> it's right there in the name. I, I know, assume, but it's just know. a bummer to watch so many dumb people. Have so well, I was going to say kids. counting might not be his strong suit. So <laughs> we don't know that for sure. But, th- but where I'm going with, I do have what I think maybe a slightly unpopular opinion. So I'm going to try to um, qualify it as much as I can. But after watching that, I am not saying that I think what daddy of five did is okay or right at all. But the way he explained it does help me understand how this happened. Like when he says, you know, look, I'm, he doesn't say I'm not the smartest guy, but that's read between the lines. That's kind of what he's saying. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. Here was an opportunity for me to make something big for my kids and earn them a lot of money. And I'm just guessing that, that a guy like him doesn't have a million opportunities to do that. This is a very unique opportunity. So I can sort of see how you start doing this as a unique opportunity. You notice, hey, that one video that was particularly full of roughness or whatever else got a lot of views. Maybe we should try to replicate that. And then yeah. all of a sudden it gets out of hand. Again, doesn't mean it's okay, but I, I can sort of understand how that would happen, especially right. for a guy who doesn't seem like the most thoughtful guy around. you're wincing are you just wincing at the antics of the channel no this is just all bad this is just and it's all on display everybody's watching all of this family's dysfunction it's like watching honey boo boo it's it's, it's their fault you know i mean it's it's none of our fault it's not the fault of the kids no that's true it's It's the the fault of their fucking white trash parents yeah that can't get their shit together yeah. So the the Martin family, that's the daddy of five family. They are in counseling now. And, and this custody thing, as we said, it's emergency custody. It's temporary. There, I assume, is going to be an ongoing battle related to this. So it's not anything that's final. Um, again, I'm not going to I'm not even going to say if this is good or bad outcome necessarily. Um, uh, it, it seems good to get away from that situation. But as you mentioned, like there's probably a reason that the biological mom did not have custody in the first place. So I just we'll leave that to the to the authorities that be because he had full custody until now. I think right? so. I yeah, think so. Okay. But but at the same time, I don't want to diminish those who were active on this either, because I have no doubt that they were seeking what they believe to be best for the child. Right. And is it worse than that? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. I just worry that these kids probably don't have a great outcome either way. I don't think that there's necessarily a win for the kids. And like, uh, was it Miss Malevolent that called in on Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago to talk about this? And she was like, you know, people that end up uh, getting taken by CPS, they rarely <laughs> end up in like a vastly better situation. Yeah. They often go through scores of foster homes and it's a really unstable environment. So like before somebody's children get taken from them, like you better be damn sure that what you think is going on is actually what's going on in the household. Um, yeah. Agreed. 
And I think one thing that's just interesting to observe is like, holy cow, look at the power of the internet. Like right. the internet wants to get something done. It can happen. I mean, this, I've never heard of something like this really. Maybe it's happened before where there's some sort of, yeah, yeah. some sort of abusive situation broadcast and that has led to taking kids away. But uh, I don't know. Ultimately it is with the mom and dad, like the, it is their fault and they are paying, they are, they are, um, suffering the consequences of the decisions that they made. So no one to blame, but them. Well, I do have some questions about this bill. Nye thing. Okay. If you want to talk, I was so excited. Yes, to... I will do that. You got any super chats in the meantime? Oh yeah. Um, we got Michael Rasmussen gave us $2 and said, I can clear up bill. Nye. I used to work for Netflix. Um, okay. okay drop that in the super. Yeah, chat. I, I will explain it. what I think. And then if he can, if he corrects me, then, um, and then we got Malcolm from the North, $10 and $5. And he said, well, I'd rather see the kids from someone with bipolar instead of child trauma of five, <laughs> having custody for pranks. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah that's, that's fair. Uh, Daddy of five saga seems like a story that should have been reserved for a particularly weird episode of Maury. Agreed. <laughs> you said these videos are fake. Lie detector determined that was a lie. Okay. Um, so we, we covered Bill Nye last week, weird gender bending episode, not scientific, crazy. We showed the clip from a previous episode of, of Bill Nye, the science guy in the nineties that had a young woman saying, Hey, uh, 50, 50 probability you're a boy or a girl. If your dad gives you a Y chromosome, you'll be a boy. If your dad gives you an X chromosome, you'll be a girl. The allegation this week is that Netflix deleted that segment from that old episode of Bill Nye, the science guy, which was up on Netflix. Um, the story was in the free beacon first and I, I, I saw it and I thought, mm, I don't, that, that seems that would be a very bold move. I just, it's, I need more substantiation. So I was a little bit skeptical about this. However, I did go and look, um, on Netflix. It is worth noting that the episode in question is one minute shorter than the rest of these episodes. Um, so it, and it is gone. Like you watch it and where it should be, it is gone. So we can verify that it's gone. Now the question is, why is it gone? And so this comes out, um, there's a denial from Netflix and this comes out in the Washington Examiner and they deny that they removed this, um, this clip from the episode. Uh, and so that they say, it sounds like it was a business as usual kind of clearance issue from 10 years ago at Disney from, uh, official who owns the copyright, I believe, uh, or who owns Netflix. I forget whatever Disney's role is, but this official familiar with the matter told the Washington examiner. Uh, and so they basically say that they got this episode. They got this from, um, Netflix did not edit Bill Nye, the science guy. This spokesman told the examiner, it was delivered to us that way from Buena Vista TV. Um, Buena Vista shut down in 2007, um, it's now part of Walt Disney's company, much broader Disney, ABC, domestic copyright, uh, or domestic uh, television group. So they deny it. They say that this is, um, that they just got, they, they got the footage this way. They didn't chop it out after the fact. This is just the way that it came. There's, I, I tried to poke around for ways to substantiate that claim. I've, I've kind of, I didn't put a ton of time into it today, but I did find that if you go to Amazon, I don't know if I have that available. Um, I don't have that pulled up right now, but if you do go to Amazon and look up, you can also get the episodes of the show via Amazon, similar to Netflix, same length on Amazon. And they were, and these episodes were published to Netflix in 2015. 
um, around the same time on Amazon as well, I believe. And so either Amazon and Netflix are both complicit in this or that spokesman is right. That um, Michael Rasmussen's from the live chat said, uh, incorrect. Netflix didn't do that. It is the rights holder. Yeah. So yeah. So that so seems that, consistent. Yeah. That seems to so be this the case. Has turned out to be not much of a story. I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah. yeah. But the, but the question remains, why would the rights holder edit that out? Cause someone took it out. Someone took it out. We know that to be true. Maybe it's a benign reason. Yeah. And, and in any case, whatever the reason is appears to have been done years before Bill Nye's freak show on Netflix. Oh, so, so disappointing. You know, for everyone that was calling Netflix a bunch of propagandists, at least for this reason, slow that down <laughs> a little bit. They also, Netflix also refused uh, Cassie J's documentary, The Red Pill, though, too, and people really? are pissed about that. Yeah, you can get it a million other places, but not on Netflix. They they turned her down. God. I saw so. it, and it was really not that controversial. I, I'm amazed that anybody has a problem with it. Hmm. In any case, I guess Netflix is off the hook on this one. Um, so, you know, you got to be, you just got to be skeptical with some of these claims and see if you can substantiate them, which is also true for our next case. If you want to talk about that really quick. Yeah, um, I know you made a video on it, so you're better versed in it than I am. But I, but we did talk about this on our show months ago. Yeah. So the, it, it's an update to the Rockville rape case. And this is um, this was that famous case in March uh, in Rockville, Maryland, where there were two und- uh, illegal. I was going to say undocumented, but I, that's just me caving to the caving to the leftist propaganda. And they're they're illegal aliens. One's from Guatemala and one from, one from El Salvador, I think. Don't quote me on that, but something like that. Anyway, there are these students at uh, illegal students at this Maryland high school, and the claim is they they trapped uh, a high school girl in the bathroom and raped her, and the Details of the police report were very unsettling. People were really pissed off. There were a bunch of community meetings about this. Sean Spicer himself spoke about this. Uh, and the information that has come out since is that uh, the charges have been dropped. So, and, and there's not a lot of detail on why, but the this, this quote right here, the facts of this case do not support the original charges filed, said Montgomery County State's attorney. John McCarthy. Now they might seek some child <laughs> porn charges on these, on these. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, well, the spirit of that, that's a hotly debated issue because the, the spirit of, of child porn laws are to protect, it's to protect children. children from adults. Right. But there have been minors prosecuted for child porn under child porn laws for sexting each other, basically. That's um, stupid. Which, no. which I would agree is a distortion of the intent of the law. Uh, and a lot, a lot of people would make that case too. Uh, point here is, I don't think we, we would say this for any case, uh, any sexual assault, any crime allegation, anything. And I did it at the time when I made the video, I didn't make definitive claims about this because it wasn't demonstrated to be true. Um, expect substantiation. And we didn't have any in this case other than the allegation itself. Uh, right. And, and so apparently this didn't happen. The other takeaway from this, though, the big problem that I wanted to illustrate with this is like this still shows what can happen because per the Supreme Court's decision and per state law um, in most states, any any illegal alien who comes into your state who's 21 or under has a constitutional right to enter your school and get an education. No questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem that persists. Uh, we have unvetted 
uh, foreign intruders coming in who get to walk into our schools and nobody gets to ask a question. If they do, they're breaking the law. That's still a problem. And to be clear, innocent or guilty, these people should still be deported. <laughs> I, I would agree on that. I, mean, I don't not, care. Yeah. It's like, oh, we, now we know you're illegal, so does it even matter? Just, I, d- I actually don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know if the story spoke to that. Um, but it seemed like oh, I read yeah, that okay, article, so and USM- it seemed like there was a lot of evidence that it was consensual, that they discovered a lot of evidence that it was consensual. They were still being vague about the nature of it. Yeah. That seems to be the nature of it. And then there's this paragraph here. Um, ICE confirmed Friday that they are still pursuing Henry Sanchez Mil- uh, Millian's deportation to Guatemala, uh, a spokesman said. He is not yet in federal cu- custody, but the agency has issued a detainer asking local authorities to ensure he is transferred into its custody. And Maryland, a lot of these jurisdictions in Maryland are kind of this funny thing where they're like, uh, they're not a formal sanctuary jurisdiction, but they still just kind of do it anyway. So this might be an interesting test because they, there's no sanctuary law on the books in Montgomery County, in Rockville, or in Maryland, to my knowledge. Um, so I guess they're going to have to do this, but will they do it? Because this is, this is a place that's been floating the sanctuary policy idea for some time. Right, right. So... You know, take every claim, even when it's a claim that that suits kind of your preconception of the world, take every claim with an expectation of substantiation and, and evidence. And uh, that's how we avoid trouble. Man, am I, you know, wiping my brow if I had said like something like we got to get all these illegal rapists out of here now. I mean, that's not that's not what happened here. Certainly, there's some degree of illegal activity on the part of these guys to the extent they didn't follow immigration law. But for at least the time being, they appear not to be rapists. And that is an important distinction. It is indeed. <clears throat> well, should we do this this flip topic or should we should we close out? Uh, well, I got one more. Do you want to you want to do super chat and then we'll do? We've got one more, more super chat. It's from Dave four 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 a bunch of fours and then okay. a two. He said, "Blonde, blow me a kiss." <laughs> That's for Dave. <laughs> I th- Five euro, thank you. I thought that was going somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's all. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So, um. Oh, you I forgot time. about the surprise. surprise yeah, you got time for two. Them. Yeah, you got time for two. We don't have a guest tonight. So we can go just a little bit long, I think. <laughs> uh, so um, there's, I don't have a lot to say about these necessarily. I just think that the nature of the left and comedians gets increasingly, the relationship between them just oh. gets increasingly interesting to me. So I put these together because they're kind of related. It was actually last Sunday and last weekend, Samantha Bee did her not the not the White House Correspondents' Dinner where she did her own bit outside of the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which uh, my review is it's insufferable. Don't watch it. But you can if you want. She went on Jake Tapper's State of the Union on CNN the next morning. And Jake Tapper gave her the question point blank. Like a lot of people say that you contributed, your your style contributed to Hillary's defeat and this guy in the New York Times writes that liberals have a smugness problem. Do you agree? <laughs> and the answer that she gives is something to the effect of like, no, I don't care what people beneath me think. I mean, it's not. Yeah, that's a, I'm not that's, smug and I don't a, care what people think about me anyway. <laughs> it's a really uncharitable way for me to. It's probably not entirely fair paraphrasing, but here's what she said. You be the judge. Ross uh, Douthat specifically wrote this column. Uh, Hillary Clinton's Samantha Bee <laughs> You, the, the, did you? I, I so didn't. So flattering. I, the Democratic Party's problem in the age of Trump isn't really Jimmy Fallon. 
uh, who uh, you had criticized and others have criticized mm -hmm. for being too soft on Trump. Its problem is Samantha B, not B alone, <laughs> of course, but the entire phenomenon that she embodies, the rapid colonization of new cultural territory by a, an ascendant social liberalism. First, what's your response? And second of all, how does it feel to be, you know, the, the face of the problem? <laughs> My name was in an article. Um, it's me. It's not racism. It's just me. No, you know what? I'll wait for all. I'll wait for all that evidence to roll in, and then I'll then I'll make up my mind after that. Does he have a point okay. about smug liberals? I'm not talking about you, but but but, but does but is there a smug liberal problem? You know, that is something that I can't really. I mean, I I, I just can't take responsibility for the way the election turned out. I just absolutely no, no, I don't. Is there a smug? You told her not problem? to go to Wisconsin. I guess I'm. I guess you know. I don't. I don't think there is. Like I do the show for me and for people like me, and I don't really care how the rest of the world sees it. Quite frankly, that's great. We put the, We make a show for ourselves. We put it out in the world. We give. We birth it and then the world receives it however they want to receive it. It's not racism, it's just me. <laughs> Everyone who doesn't like me is racist and everyone who doesn't like <sighs> the way I want is racist, but I'm not smug. And then her little her little face pose thing, you know, so, yeah, fist to chin, God, whatever. She's insufferable and not funny. Yeah, I, uh, I, was, I was thinking about doing a video breakdown of the Not the White House Correspondence Center. I just didn't because it just, it was just meh. Like it, it was just not entertaining. And I don't think I can, even in criticizing this, I don't think I can make it entertaining. Yeah, really. yeah. It's just. It like, wow. is it cringy enough? You know, it has some kind of moments of self-awareness. Like it, it does crack jokes at the media at times and it does crack jokes at the left at times, but it's also very self-congratulatory, very virtue signally, very like, you know, here, enjoy my comedy from high atop moral mountain, that kind of stuff. It's uh. Yeah, just not enjoyable. And I watched it through and I was like, mm, I can't write on this. I, I just can't. That was a uh, that was one. <laughs> that was one comedian to be in sort of a predicament, uh, late night comedian to be in a predicament this week. The other was Stephen Colbert, who made a joke about Trump and Putin in response. So Trump gets on. Uh, face the nation last Sunday and jokes with the host and says, oh, I like yeah, your show. I like to call it deface the nation. And everyone was laughing at that. And then Colbert responds, how dare you? Uh, and roasts him in response to that and makes a joke about Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump engaging in some uh, private, <laughs> private intimacy. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, right. And uh, we'll talk about what makes this interesting after the clip here. So this is what Colbert said. The fake media goes out, you know, which we call the mainstream media, which sometimes I must say is you. But when the you fake me personally or uh, your show, I love your show. I call it Deface the Nation. Really? Oh. Donald Trump, John Dickerson is a fair minded journalist and one of the most competent people who will ever walk into your office. And you treat him like that. Now, John Dickerson has way too much dignity to trade insults with the president of the United States to his face. But I, sir. I'm no John Dickerson. When you insult one member of the CBS family, you insult us all. Bazinga. Mr. Trump, your presidency, I love your presidency. I call it disgrace the nation. You're not the POTUS, you're the BLOTUS. You're the glutton with the button. You're a regular gorge, Washington. You're the presidents, but you're turning into a real prictator. You attract more skinheads than free Rogaine. You have more people marching against you than cancer. You talk like a sign language gorilla who got hit in the head. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's 
Holster. Your presidential library. Your... Okay. Then what makes this... God. (laughs) Well, what I like about this is the reaction here. Let me pull this up, this HuffPost article. Stephen Colbert to face FCC investigation over homophobic Donald Trump joke. Of course, a whole hashtag broke out on Twitter, fire Colbert. So he's got the FCC after him investigating what could be obscenity. Apparently, he might have violated some laws there, which I don't really understand because this is late night and it was censored. But maybe someone can explain that to me. What I find to be more interesting is... uh, this puts these the people with Trump derangement syndrome in a very interesting spot. On the one hand, you right, love right. you love bashing Trump uh, to the to the worst possible extent, and on the other hand, homophobic jokes are never to be made. So, yeah, what, where yeah. which side do you come down on? And apparently, I mean, that's what's interesting about Fire Colbert is I didn't go that far into the hashtag, but from what I gather, there was some portion of it that is lefties angry about homophobia and some portion of it that's righties that like just think it was shit comedy i mean it was shit comedy and the thing i didn't like about this hashtag is i just don't want to set a precedent that people can't say whatever they want agreed i mean it wasn't funny and he should be criticized for that but like we can't be getting all fucking butthurt all the time about stuff like this because it's what the left does yeah so people that are like genuinely like oh that was really offensive i'm like shut up just shut it i would just much rather have this same treatment applied to everyone pretty much like make fun of congressional Democrats this way, like make fun of Elizabeth Warren this way, make fun of go back in a time machine, make fun of Obama this way. Um, or the, you know, whoever the the future democratic leadership is. I, I really, I'm with you. I want this type of harsh comedy to be more common, not less, to be honest. I just don't want it to be so quite so partisan. Yeah, I agree. But um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you hit on that. I, I do worry about <laughs> mimicking social justice behavior. And I don't know how much of that has been on the right or not. But I like so, this term cock holster, though. I'm like, I could, <laughs> I could work that into, <laughs> into yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> I mean, so, I smiled a few times. Like, it, I guess it was fine. He's... So it's just it's amazing to me that they cannibalize themselves. And of course, this article coming from HuffPost Queer Voices, entire (laughs) Queer Voices section on on HuffPost. But then Uh, again, I want to encourage them to cannibalize themselves. And so I was really conflicted about this because I'm like, oh, in Colbert, but also free speech. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. With with regard to the accusations of homophobia, I'm 100 percent team Colbert. Yeah. Do I think it was the I, I don't even think it was. I don't think it was that bad. Like, I don't think it was Samantha B unfunny. Um, I don't think it was great, but, but yeah, we can't, we can't go around saying that this is unacceptable because we need this. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, re- I'll catch up on the super chat. Steve J gave us $2 and then boom baby is saying he gave us money, but I didn't see it. So if you did, okay. thank you very much for both of you. I appreciate it. And that's everything. Okay. Well, I have some surprise cringe for you, and it, it showed up in my inbox, my personal email inbox. Ooh, I think so last I haven't seen night. it at all. Yeah, I think last night, and I, th- uh, what was the, no, I won't spoil it. It was, it had kind of a general subject, and I was like, all right, what the hell's this? And I clicked on it, and I'm not even going to tease it. I'm just going to jump right into it. Check this out. I, I was sent a song, a very well produced song to share with you to close. My sisters around the world, man. Yeah. 
So uh, new outro music or nah? What, what do you think? Is that real? <laughs> yeah. It's by what this, is it? Where does this, this come from? It's by this duo called Dean Squad. They're from, I think, Toronto or maybe Ottawa. They're from Ontario. At um, the end, all of these women should have just gotten acid thrown in their faces. <laughs> well, there's more. There's a little bit more to it. So these two guys met at Carleton College. One of them is, my understanding is they're both canadian nationals i think they're not they didn't yeah come i here bet from, they are right Go so on. they're kind of um hipster hipster muslims i guess you could say they they uh they don't have a lot of street cred in uh like Riyadh or something you know let's put it that way but uh was this for cover girl or were they just talking about cover girls no in that's general? that's just the name of the song is cover girl yeah uh <laughs> so the, I, I looked up these guys a little bit before the show there's an interview with uh carter zaire um like the arab guy in in the of the duo and uh he's he's uh oh yeah okay so he's a 21 year old at the time 21 year old lebanese canadian living in ottawa ontario he did an interview with this website called hijab trends (laughs) and there's really just one question in here um i'll just read it to you since you don't have the link but uh, i found this question to be really interesting how has the muslim community responded to your music carter uh, there's always the open-minded Muslims who see the intention, the value of hard work behind a concept like hijabi queen. I've not seen hijabi queen, but that's some, that's some more of his uh, work. What? <laughs> these, these Muslims are sharing the love and not being picky about what is being portrayed in the video. They simply see a Muslim guy trying to do good for the community, which I really value. But then there are the close minded Muslims, the ones who like to pinpoint and criticize every single detail that seems to be haram to them. For example, why is why is she wearing nail polish and touching the Quran or a hijabi girl should not wear jeans because it's tight on her body or even it's haram that Carter is wearing earrings in the video, etc. Uh, so apparently he's got a lot of Islamic critics. This oh, guy. boy. Yeah, yeah, I bet he does. One of those girls look like a total hooch. Yeah, uh, and that would that would be my question is uh, I assume the the scene or the site of the filming for this was uh, well within the safe confines of Canadian borders. I, I assume this was not shot, um, you know, like within ISIS territory, I assume. Of course not. Of course that's gang. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to say about that. That was cringier than you ever could have prepped me for. It was pretty well produced, though. I mean, sound wise, like film wise, looked pretty good. Sounded pretty good. Some of those lyrics were outrageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the, something about Islamophobes want to kick all the Muslims out or something like that. Uh, I don't know. She's a cover girl. She's got dreams. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, she wears the hijab by choice, mm -hmm. so she's not oppressed. Those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Well, on <sighs> that note, oh, we got one more super chat. That, um, that was emailer Justin who sent that to me. So thank you, Justin. Thanks, that was fun. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, please feel free to send your cringe to us. We love we're cringe. I can't guarantee I'll play them all. Just elite yeah, cringe, really. like cover elite girl. Elite cringe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, last super yeah. chat, five dollars from Steve J. I hate to say it, but we. Um, oh wait, I hate it, but we must hold the left to their own standards. If a right winger said what Colbert said, they would already be gone. I, maybe there's an argument to be made there, but I don't want to live by their standards. I want to live by the standards of freedom. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I don't want to live in their world. That's why I fight them. But he does have a point that you know, to some extent, you have to fight them. You got to fight fire with fire is maybe a fair way of characterizing his position. Agreed. I just, I don't want the whole world to burn down in the process, I guess. I it's happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and France first. first. <laughs> France first, not <laughs> us. Damn, you got there like second before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, good right. news for you. I don't have, um, I don't have CoverGirl prepped for outro music yet, but maybe I'll surprise oh, you one of these days. For now, it's just got to be bearing and sugar tits, but um Thank you kindly to our super chatters. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you kindly to the rest of you chatters, uh, the rest of the live viewers, shitposting away, keeping us honest, helping us assemble the facts on the fly like we always do uh, with varying <laughs> degrees of success, but we get there. If you are listening on YouTube or on an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more of the show, including, um, oh, I was going to mention, we were just on the Wars Warski Live. You want to listen to Warski Live? Um, go check that out uh, on the audio platforms. You can listen back to it or on Andy Worski's channel. We did that this week and that was great fun. Uh, you can also email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Send us cringe if you think you can rival Justin with CoverGirl. <laughs> we will be back next Sunday. We'll try to get a guest as well for you. Uh, because if it's Sunday, I'm sorry, Chuck Todd, it ain't meet the press. It is Beauty and the Beta. We will see you then. Bye, guys.